When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Janelle and Associates Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas, is responsible for the content of this ad. Attention all active or retired military. If you are diagnosed with tinnitus or hearing loss after using yellow and black or yellow and olive dual-ended earplugs, you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. These earplugs permitted damaging sounds to enter the ear canal. If you served in the military and were later diagnosed with hearing loss or tinnitus, call 800-871-7344 right now to see if you qualify for significant cash compensation. The manufacturer knew of the defect but did not warn its customers. Complaints alleged that the manufacturer manipulated test results to make it appear that the plugs met government standards. If you deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan anytime from 2003 through 2015 and are now suffering from diagnosed hearing loss or tinnitus, you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. Call 800-871-7344 right now. Hurry, time is limited. Call 800-871-7344 now to see if you qualify for cash compensation. Call 800-871-7344. That's 800-871-7344. 800-871-7344. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to open the voice gate this is john here reporting live from Bashi in tokyo japan just out of kirken hall about 20 minutes ago uh just got back from dragon gate and we are recording again live on location to give you our thoughts of scandal gate august 8th 2017 um i have three not one not two three special guests with me here today um you guys can all introduce yourselves. Start with the, start over here, Mort. 
Hello, I'm Mord. <laughs> and I run the. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Alright, now we're laughing too. Go ahead, Mord. Yeah, I'm Mord and I run the Real Hero Archive. And I am Hero. And I don't really watch that much Dragon Gate, but I watch some. Yeah. Mort, where are you from? You're from Denmark. I'm from Denmark, okay. yeah. <laughs> I answered my own question. Thank you, and John. More, also from Wrestling with Words, right? From Wrestling Words. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, I'm Taylor. I write for Voices of Wrestling, mainly New Japan, and I've done some Evolve reviews, but I have watched Dragon Gate regularly, I think, for two years now, or just about two years. So, yeah. Taylor knows his stuff, everybody. Don't worry about it. All right. This guy right there is good. And I'm Mark. I don't really write for anyone professionally. I'm just obnoxious on Twitter. <laughs> um, we all falter, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I, I try and watch a bit of everything, and and I've been watching a lot of Dragon Gate, so hopefully I'll be able to add something. From where are you from? I'm from England. Yes. We got it. We got to let everybody know where these accents are from. Taylor's just another American like me. Yeah. So, Taylor's from New York, also. An annoying American. Annoying American. American no bagades. Um, so, yeah, we're here to talk about um, Dragon Gate's Kurrican. You may notice there's no Milo or Michael, which we had talked about last time as, you know, trying to do a show with them from, with them on location and me in Japan, or me on location and them in their usual places. The problem is Michael's internet Michael has the same internet I have, folks. He has Spectrum. They fucking suck. And his internet died halfway through the show and still hasn't come back. And, you know, I got shit to do in Japan. We got clubs to hit. Shit to do. So we don't got time to wait around for his internet to come back, sadly. Um, we have degenerate things to do. <laughs> um, but, yeah. so they're But they're going to do their own version um, this weekend after Michael's actually seen the second half of the show also. So you're going to get two Open the Voice Gate this week. It's amazing. We're going to put like five episodes in the span of like a month when there would be like two months where we didn't do any episodes. So I hope we don't get used to all this extra content because we'll, we'll probably go right back to like one episode every two months after this. But yeah, so the, the only thing we're here to talk about here, folks, is Corican Hall. Uh, I didn't take any questions and uh, we're not going to talk about anything else. But the the show today was the first Corican in the... Five-unit survival race series. So that's the, the main thing. Um, the first two matches, though, were not part of that series. The first two matches were both uh, just you know little openers to get used to get into it. But before we get into the actual show, um, so this was for two of the group here. This is their first time at Kirk and Hall. We should talk a little bit about the live Kirk and Hall experience and what the venue's like and all that for people might be curious this is not my first time at Kirkin Hall of course I went last year uh, I saw the April 2016 Kirkin Live it was like the Jimmys and Mochizuki against Berserk in the main event um, but and Mort had been to Kirkin with me for Noah on Sunday Yeah. so Mort can talk about what it was like to see a full Kirkin crowd for the first <laughs> time because Noah certainly was not full um, but yeah so go, go ahead what do you think of Kirkin Hall Mort what's your what's your take on Kirkin well, I'm pretty surprised at how small it is. I guess it's it's smaller than it looks on TV, but it's uh, it has a reputation of I guess what I'm going to say. There's okay. I know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Everyone has heard that the seats are small, right? And that was the first thing I noticed was that 
Yeah, they are pretty small, but they're actually pretty comfortable. Mm. But John told me that's that changed. Yes, they <laughs> changed them recently. So and I that's can, a new thing. I can talk about that. So last year, uh, thank you for reminding me of that because I would probably would have forgotten. So last year I was here, and these seats had these enormous like wooden armrests. Like they all had this, and they were so tight. I mean, I'm a bigger dude. I understand that, but like even people on the ship that were much skinnier than me said they were really tight. So it was not comfortable at all to sit in. So when I got there for Noah, I knew that they did renovations of some kind. Because if you remember last year, like New Japan couldn't run Kirkin for the G1 like right before Sumo, like they had done in the past. Now why they didn't do that this year, I have no idea. But last year that was the reason because they closed Kirkin early for um, they closed Kirkin for like almost a month to do renovations. It's also why the Summer Venture Tag League and Dragon Gate started Shinjuku Face with a double header instead of a Kirkin. Um, but yeah, so they did these renovations, and I got there, and I was like, oh my god, it's like completely fucking different. Like, the armrests are still tighter than you'd expect for, um, for a, like, I guess, you know, fat-ass Americans, but it was, like, I can't even describe how much more comfortable it was. A million times better. So, if you are thinking about coming to Kurikin anytime soon, and you're on the heavier side... Like I am, you'll you'll appreciate it. Believe me, you don't know. You actually won't know what you what you almost came to a year ago. It's a million times better now. But sorry, Mark, continue. No, th- yeah, that was the point I was going to make. Okay. But if you're afraid that the seats are too small, that won't be a problem. Yeah, really. not anymore. They're pretty comfortable. Yeah. And yeah. And also, I'll just say that I almost cried when I went to Korea. <laughs> I, I, I did too. I did too. So we're yeah. all we're all we were all here. Like I stepped in, I was just like. <laughs> and um, so these people, by the way, this is the first time I've recorded a podcast, a wrestling podcast anyway, with other people in the room. So everybody else in the room is getting to see how I like act out with my hands, <laughs> which nobody else can see. So I just realized that's kind of embarrassing. This is how I am. Yeah, so. I found when I walk up, because you walk up the stairs into the, the sea of orange seats, and I got to the top, and it was... I found it disorienting just because I've watched, at this point, probably hundreds of shows at Corican Hall, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's there, like it becomes a thing that isn't even like real. (laughs) Like it's just like, oh yeah, this is a thing in the, you know, on my computer or on the TV screen that I watch and it takes place in this area, but I'll never go there. And like going there and being like, wow, it's like the seats are here and you know they came by in one of the matches and i was like yes this is what they do this is amazing it was yeah. really like crazy and i i think i tweeted about it like right before the show started i was like it's just an unreal feeling to be somewhere that you've watched yeah. for years and and finally get to experience it in a more direct way than you know i like sit on my bed or sit on the couch and watch shows so, yeah, amazing. Yeah, the, the first time I stepped into it, it was very similar to me. I mean, I had seen Kirk and Hall the first time probably, like, 2001. So 15 years later to step into Kirk and Hall, like, I really did almost cry. It was, uh, it was, it was something special. But, yeah, I love Kirk and Now, the only thing I didn't like about it last year was the seats, and now the seats are better. So in my mon- to my money, it's the, the best venue here. Um, I still love Shinjuku Face, too. And Sumo Hall is incredible, but... God bless Kirk and Hall, the Mecca. What do you think about it, Mark? I thought the same as you guys, really. I was just shocked going in. It's always a dream to go to an arena like Kirk and Hall, but 
you don't imagine when you go walk in there that it's actually going to hit you how much of a special experience it is even before the show started before you know anything about how the show's going to go it's just it is such a special experience to be there yeah um, and to, the other things I can mention real quick if you've never been in Currican once you try to like get down into the <laughs> the hallway while it's like before the show intermission like if you're claustrophobic god, god bless you oh god I, yeah. <laughs> I saw a market inter- we were standing together or walking together somewhere at intermission yeah. and I was like I'm not really walking anywhere I'm just like kind of going where the you're crowd going, yeah. you're you're being moved you're being moved it was just I was amazed it was murderous and there were little kids in there who were braver than I was, just treating it like it was nothing. It's, it's Japan. I mean, God it's bless Japan. them. But... <laughs> wow. I know. It's just like, it, the first time I did it, I was like, that's why we, uh, so Todd Martin's here, everybody. He's not on the podcast, sadly, but hopefully he'll be on an Amakaze later this week. But he mentioned that he didn't want to, like, uh, just be bowling through these Japanese people. So he, like, hung back a little bit. But, like, I just, I don't even think of it at this point. Like, I've done this so many times i'm just like oh, i'm going in the crowd they're gonna push me along i'm just gonna i'm gonna make it where i'm going eventually hopefully i don't I'm not, hopefully i don't knock somebody over i just grabbed at one point mort, mort and i were coming from like the smoking room and i just kind of grabbed mort's shoulders and we did like a conga line and i used <laughs> him as my like human battering ram to like push through that's just the shit you have to do here you know and the corrigan smoking room by the way for anybody who you know i don't i actually don't smoke at home but i smoke on vacation but so, if you go to the Cork and Smoking Room during intermission, that's a unique experience, too. Um, I can't say it's one I recommend, but it's an experience. All right. So, let's actually talk about the graps here. The opening contest was a six-man tag team match. Masaki Mochizuki, Gamma, and Satrihoko Boy defeating Shun Skywalker, Yuki Yoshioka, and Katsumi Takashima. Mochizuki pinning Yoshioka in 603 with the Psycho High Kick. Um, you know, it's a pretty typical veteran versus young boys squash. Um, the young boys were fired up for it. I mean, they jumped them at the bell, which is cool. And they, um, uh, eventually ended up kind of taking it to them a little bit until the, 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 the veterans took over. They, they, they left Gamma in there with the three of them, which was funny. Like, Gamma was getting triple teams at the start. And instead of coming to save him, like, Mochizuki just starts a Gamma chant to, like, encourage the fans to give him the power to fight off three people. I thought that was pretty funny. The, 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 opening, it was, the opening two matches are both pretty funny. But, yeah, um, some other stuff that stood out. Like, towards the end, like, Yoshioka, I think, slapped Mochizuki really hard towards the end. And Mochizuki, like, he had this look on his face, like, this, this fucker just hit me this hard, this little fuck. And, like, I think he kicked him, like, extra hard. On the Shin Saikyo high kick to pay him back, you know, give him the receipt, and it was it was pretty awesome. But yeah, I mean, there's not a ton to say about a six minute uh, veterans young boy squash, but it was a fun one as far as they go. I hadn't really. How many matches does Takashima have? Not that many because he was out for the while. He's he's the guy who has that ear thing. Oh um, right. So he was out for for quite a while, and he just came back like a month ago, probably. So I I would say he has probably under fifty matches. I I'd have to. I don't really feel like looking it up on Cage Match, but not that many. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, I was watching him because the others in the match, I kind of, you know, obviously the veterans, you know. So I was just trying to watch him and see, you know, with the, especially with kind of the 
older rookies, I guess, mm-hmm. if that's the word. You know, Ben K, obviously, moving on. You know, Yamamura doing more and more. And now you kind of have the upper-level Skywalker, Shun Skywalker, and that level, like, having a new kind of bottom bottom guy. I mean, solidly, I would say he's probably at the bottom of, very bottom of the pecking order. Although, probably not for long, because I think they're going to debut new ones in the next couple months. Yeah. Well, and now that, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. But the, but the, uh, <laughs> the names. The post-match uh, yeah, we'll get there. activity. Oh, do you have anything to say about this one, Mark? I came to sing along on Mojisogi's theme song, <laughs> and I got it twice. Yes. No, was... I actually got it three times. By the way, I didn't get it at all last year because he came out with the Jimmys in the main event for oh, the Jimmy's yeah. theme. So I was so happy. Actually, no, that's that's a lie. I didn't get it at Dragon Gate. I sort of got it at uh, Tokyo Gurantai because he was oh. the main event against Minoru Tanaka, but the, the crowd didn't really do it. I was doing it like alone. <laughs> but no, I mean, um, so yeah, I was happy too to get the get the full Mochizuki Dragon Gate experience. Yeah. Nothing else to say about this one? Not really. But Mark, what's up? Well, uh, one thing I was really surprised and wasn't prepared for was how into the mochi theme that Mort was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so happy. Yeah. And it's just turning to your right and seeing someone pumping their fist in the air and just really, really into it. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. It's a too. wonderful thing. <laughs> it's mochizuki bringing people together. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was the opener. Uh, match two, another kind of a comedy match. It was Jimmy Kanda and Jimmy Kness defeating Don Fuji and Hiyo Watanabe. Uh, Kanda pinning Michael Spears' boy in 741 with the Ryus. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank that Kanda, that me being there gave Kanda the strength to hit the actually hit the John Wu. I mean, he usually goes for that fucking thing like ten fucking times in a match and never hits it. Here he goes for it on once now the first try hits it perfect. I was like, oh my god, I actually got to see the John Wu. Um, and then you know, and then he gets to use and pins him, which is cool. You know, he doesn't get a lot of pins these days. I love Conda. Um, as far as the match itself, it was. Uh, I really don't remember much about it to be honest. Oh, there were the. Uh, um... Uh, Fuji getting the women in the front row oh. to hold uh, No, it was a woman and a man. It was a woman and a man. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah that was good. Uh, I enjoyed that because then Kanda, I think after he tagged out, was like jawing <laughs> with them. I don't know if that was like picked up on the camera on the broadcast, but he was like scolding them yeah. on the on the ring apron. So for, the, pe- like, for people who didn't see the spot, I forgot. Like basically, Don Fuji, he had Kanda uh, like you know on on the ring post. His legs, you know, out of the ring, as you've seen many times, like Bret Hart was set up for the ring post figure four, and he calls over a, a young woman in the front row on, to to his right, and a young man to the front row in front of him, and has him like hold his legs there to like wishbone him basically. So then, yeah, you know, this like like he was like Taylor was saying, once once kind of tagged out, he like went over and yelled at them, and I was like cracking the fuck up watching him. You know, yell at these people for hurting his dick, basically. <laughs> and to be fair, the young woman really did go for it. Yeah, she she, she fucking was. She like, was really into she the was like, this idea. Is, this is my chance to hurt a man's penis. I'm gonna fucking do it. Like she was so into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was that was something. I didn't see that one coming, obviously. 
I'm sure neither did Con- the way Khan reacted. I don't know if the Don Fuji. It seems like a Don Fuji thing to not tell him yeah. about that spot ahead of time. So I it wouldn't surprise me if Condor was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" But um, but who knows? Yeah, that was uh, that's that was definitely the highlight of that match. And get, just getting to see the John Woo was another highlight for me. Just getting to see Don Fuji because he's you know he's my honorary grumpy uncle. <laughs> he's he's oh, a great. Just, I think there were re- a lot of wrestlers in Dragon Gate who are better. Obviously, they're better in the ring. They're better characters, but. I don't think there's anyone I enjoy watching more than Don Fuji. Yeah, it's very fair. I think he is probably just my favourite Dragon Gate wrestler. He's there is no one like him in the ring. Just there's no oh. one who has that sort of same feeling. Okay, so we had a little run in here from my three other friends. Um, so Ethan and Felix are here. You're not supposed to know who that is because they don't have anything to do with wrestling. They're here on this trip with me, uh, friends from back home. We can get their thoughts as uh, people complete, who don't know jack shit about anything. Yeah, who their first ever wrestling show. And Quinlan's my friend. Um, he actually does know a little bit. You know, he doesn't watch Dragon Gate that much, but he knows some of the dudes. So we'll get their thoughts as needed here. I know you. We were talking about the Don Fuji match. I know you love Don Fuji, Ethan. Yeah. So, did you enjoy seeing him live? He was very funny. Yeah. Um, he, what What was it? He like had this of things where he just kept dodging whatever the hell counter the other guy was I don't remember who the other guy was uh, at the time was trying to do and then he like would put him back in the same pin attempt every time yes he he went for eventually got the Gato clutch which was uh, which was cool but I thought that might have been the finish but didn't end up being the finish Um, okay so that was match two Uh, we're gonna move on now to match three which was Shima and Dragon Kid defeating Genki Horiguchi and Jimmy Kagatora in thirteen oh nine, Shima pinning Genki with the Mad Splash. Um, so this was the first match that actually counted for the Unit Survival Series. So that was cool. I have to be fair here. I, I gotta come clean a little bit. Um, we've we've hit, we've talked a lot about CK one on this podcast and how much we hate we hate this title reign. Um, they were incredibly over at this show. Yeah, like the were. crowd fucking loved them. So if you know, it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't always come across as well on TV, or maybe I just have been ignoring it, kind of. But you know, if the crowd loves them that much, then you know this title reign might not be as bad as uh, as I thought before. I still haven't enjoyed it personally, and I still think there's been like two good, you know, exactly two good matches so far. Uh, the the one where they won the titles in this last match against Doryoshi, but um, as far as the the show itself, as far as like their reign goes. I get it now, you know, they're they're super over, they're super beloved, it's not necessarily for me or for other Western uh, annoying fans, it's for the Japanese fans that love them, so I did want to give that little mea culpa and admit that I might be wrong about their title reign. There was a woman behind Mort and I who was, like, losing her mind about Dragon Kid, like, she was <laughs> so into him, it was really cool, um... To hear, I mean, she was like at every moment she was, you know, screaming his name, which I really loved. Now, um, I don't know what anyone else like. To me, seeing that like Simon Dragon Kid was such an experience. I'm like, it's so amazing to see them. On the other hand, I was not 
I don't know how anyone else feels. I was not crazy about the match itself. No, I agree. It wasn't that good of a match. Um, it was okay. I find it had a weird pacing where it felt like something would happen and then someone would sit in the middle of the <laughs> ring with a submission on and then they would get out and then someone else would be in a submission in the middle of the ring. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> so I'm of like many mind. I'm of the same mind where obviously they're over. People like them. They're so... I, can't, I, I cannot stress this enough. They are incredibly over. And seeing them live was really cool, but the match itself didn't really do much for me. I still don't think they have any chemistry as partners. That I would stand behind, that crit- that critique. But I get it. They're legends. When people... When, like, I think it was Golazo Dan on Twitter who said, you know, Seema and DK are just a couple of legends. I get it. I get it a little more now. Uh, do you have anything to say about this one more? I just want to say that Seema is a legendary performance live. Like... His crown connection is crazy. Yeah. It was incredible to see him live. I want to give Genki some love, too. Genki was fucking... Genki yeah, was... Uh, Genki is over as hell. Yeah. Genki was Genki was really good. Yeah. I love Genki. Um, go ahead. Well, I've got to be the one who disagrees. I really liked the match. Mm. I thought it was probably the second best match all night for me. I don't know whether that's because I haven't seen as much of their title reign recently so I'm not as cynical on them I'm not as sort of jaded on them but I just found them so smooth as a team and so Genki such a sympathetic baby face that it, it worked for me I don't know it's, I felt it went sort of over the edge of what I expected it to be mm. did you do you have any thoughts on this match Quinlan? Uh, no <laughs> do, you, do you guys have any thoughts on this match? Kiddo. Kiddo. <laughs> they did chant Kiddo a lot. It's true. I, uh, I did. I did think uh, Shimo was really good, like at performing. I guess you could say and playing up the crowd. He also had a couple good moments where he would like just completely dodge <laughs> something and make the other guy ram his face into something or other. Yes, that was awesome. I know what you're talking about. Like yeah. he just kept, he kind of went away with them a few times. That was cool. Yeah, and and then like the second time he just like. He just like turned to the crowd and just pointed at his at his head. Yes, like, 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 yeah. like use so your smart. head, idiots. Yeah. As Genki's on the floor, just <laughs> clutching his face. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That was really funny. Yeah, good. It, it was. It was. It, I would call it like. I would give it like a solid three stars or something. And by the way, I apologize for Ethan's cough. He's been screaming his head off at Idol concerts for like two and a half weeks. Um, match four. Another five-unit survival race match. Okay, this was fucking awesome. This was the first match where this show really kicked into high gear. So it was Eita, Takahiro Yamamura, and Kaito Ishida of Overgeneration defeating Kotoka, Big R Shimizu, and Benkei of Maximum. 11.53, Eita submitting Kotoka with the numero uno. Um, like, you have six guys here, okay? Six guys who are on the younger side. Not rookies, but, you know, not, I haven't been around that long. And for them to be able to put together a match, you know, at this level and really, like... They, there were a few awkward moments at the very start, I would say, in the few first few minutes where they maybe looked a little bit lost. And I was like, oh, maybe they're not ready for this. But, like, once they got going, like, it was just nonstop all the way to the finish. I mean, I, I almost don't know where to start. Like, Shimizu's big R, or, uh, shot put slam teases, um, you know, 
Ben K like breaking up a submission right into the Doctor Bomb was awesome. Big R doing all these like Big R was the star of this match, by the way. Like all these dives and he went to the I, top. I agree room. that Big R Big R was the uh, he was, star of the match. He, he he definitely stole the show from yeah. everyone else. He was fucking awesome in this. I thought Katoka was was very sympathetic, getting worked over, and I thought he was uh he was very good here. To ben, be to be fair, Katoka did nearly die. Uh, oh <laughs> yeah. But it was he just <laughs> we'll talk, we'll get to it. I, don't know. I think there were three of us sitting next to each other who just all sort of went silent for several seconds because it was just disgusting the way he landed. Yeah, Ada Ada delivered a vertebraker and it looked really really gross the way that uh the way that I couldn't tell what really had happened because I thought that maybe they were going for something else and like he slipped or something, but I'm not like, I couldn't entirely tell if it was planned or unplanned, but I just know he landed and it was like... <gasps> no, I couldn't yeah. tell. I, I was thinking maybe they wanted to have sympathy on him by yeah. having yeah. the crowd being that's, scared. That's what I thought, that, too. That was my thought when he got up. And they started attacking his neck right away yeah. and working right. over the neck. So, still planned, kind of, but... I think right, once I he think got so. up, yeah, I it was so. I haven't been that fun. quiet on this entire trip. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like that spot. I was scared. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a... This match was just, I mean, like, towards the end, that, that last stretch was just fucking amazing. And, you know, I would go as high as four stars on this. I thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, and it looked like, when I, I looked at Twitter uh, at the end of this match, it looked like a lot of people were saying that was a really good match. So, for a 12-minute six fan, I thought that was about as good as you can get, probably. I mean, it was a really awesome match. Um, the finishing stretch too was like the first time where you, where you. I mean, I don't know if last year the crowd just wasn't as hot because like the it was kind of a nothing show, honestly. But like this was the first time where it's like, wow, I am in a Dragon Gate Corican crowd, and these people are losing their fucking minds for these fucking near falls and all these moves and everything. Like, they, like just I I can't really just des- even describe what it's like to be. In a crowd that, that's making that much noise, <laughs> like, and it's a certain type of noise. I was because I was thinking the same thing. I mean, really, all, the last three matches, you know, I've seen a lot of shows in the states, and the kind of noise that they made at Dragon Gate, it's a different type of. You know, when you think of noise in the United States, you think of people doing chants or saying, you know, things Let's go or blank. clapping. Let's you know, one, two, two, yeah, things yeah. like that. This feels like. Please. It's more like a general, like, there's like a general, almost like vibration to it. Like yeah, people are, or definitely. like a buzz, like, oh. I guess. It's like, mm, it's like, mm. and that, I mean, I've been to a few matches in the state where that happens, but it really, in the States, takes like a really, really great match to do it. And I feel like here, obviously, it was a great match too, but it's just like a different sense, and the crowd treats it differently, which I love, so. I mean, yeah, the, I, I loved it. The the it's it's a very female happy crowd, and the women are there, you know, to see their favorites and scream for them and cheer for them, and they're so fucking happy when someone they they like is just doing anything. And we'll talk about that actually more in the next match, I think. But yeah, I like, think it's the next match. <laughs> but like, um, the just the crowd just, you know, I mean, we could we we could talk just about what it's like being an American crowd versus a Japanese crowd because like, first of all, obviously, there's no fucking dipshits. Chanting stupid, not even chanting, just screaming. Oh, I've got to say as well, bullshit. British wrestling here. They Some, do that. They the do crowd that too. there are just downright. I don't know if you could even say downright rude. There, 
the most foul-mouthed, <laughs> angry, obnoxious crowd you can imagine at a lot of shows. They're, they're like New York Ring crowds, probably. Here, wow, even more so, I think. They just... Mm. They go out all out. The first time I went to a... I think it was a Rev Pro show. And I was surprised how loud the crowd were. But then they came out with this sort of nine-verse spectacular yeah. against one of the wrestlers with swear words I hadn't heard in a long time <laughs> they really let themselves be known but here it was just such a refreshing thing to have a crowd who were that noisy but so happy with yeah, it they, they were not there they weren't there to <laughs> shout abuse at them yes. they were there to tell them how much they fucking loved them exactly and like you don't have that my big problem with western shows I mean even not just now even going back to look about the glory days of Ring of Honor when I was in the crowd a lot is you would often have that one idiot who has to make as much noise as possible or, or like just be as loud and like angry and um you know just shouting stupid bullshit and making jokes that nobody thinks are funny like obviously that doesn't exist in japan so a huge improvement right there um as far as like the the crowd itself goes yeah they just have that rising noise to them which you'll see all the time in um in Dragon Gate, but um, just being there for that was really, really cool. Um, okay, but back to the match itself. It was awesome. Does anybody have anything else to say about the match itself? No? We're I good. mean, uh, my only other thing was Big R. I mean, I agree he was a big star, but I have to put in a word for Ben K. Yeah. I mean, I know people have like now talked about it over and over, but he, he came out and maybe it's because I know him and I follow the promotion very closely, but his look, his attitude screams star to me. And so, obviously, as his in-ring improves, I think, you know, he's got a huge high ceiling. Because he came out and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've got to say, I was much the same with Kotoka because I've seen him recently since he left for Cirque, but... Without the face paint and with the hair, hair mm. normal colour, it's just... Before he looked like an absolute little shit, but now he's just dreamy. Just yeah. Really, really <laughs> dreamy. He's a great dude. It's, I love Kitaka. I wasn't quite prepared for how dreamy he is now. <laughs> but I yeah, he's... Why the ladies keep... Why the ladies shout, Ben K! Oh yeah, Ben, ben K. K! They really like Ben K, they really like Katoka. Um, Not as much as the guys in the No, we'll get, we'll get to it. But they talk, <laughs> a lot about, they talk all about Ada. Got anything? What was this match? The, the six man tag. I have no memory of this match. Uh, I guess she. I remember. Kind of remember she music wrestling, but it didn't really make impression. I, I was only half awake for this show, so. Okay. Really All right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> next match was the the match I was uh, most anticipating. You know. Okay. I'm, I'm only gonna say this like ten times probably, but. For them to match up my two favorite teams in Dragon Gate history, including one team that never fucking teams anymore, that was amazing. Like, when this card came out and I saw this on here, I was like, well, this is going to be incredible. And it was incredible. I mean, it was an incredible match. Naruki Doi, Masato Yoshino, defeating Jimmy Susumu and Ryo Jimmy Saito. 1835, Doi pinning Saito with the Bakatari sliding, sliding, sliding kick. Sliding I'm so excited I can't even get it out. Um, okay, first of all, as we were teasing before, <coughs> there were women sitting behind us, okay? Like, sitting directly behind, I think, me and Ethan. You have never heard 
anyone in your life love anything or anyone as much as these women loved Masato Yoshino and Naruki Doi. Like they were. All, oh shit! All, all okay. we heard for the they, whole for the whole show, the whole match, the, or the, yeah, the whole match was just Yoshino, 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 Yoshino. Like Doi Chan, Doi Chan, Doi Chan. Like every other just second. The idea of Doi is Doi Chan as well. When he's <laughs> the entire you know, hall was, was Doi. Yoshino. Yeah. Yoshino. When it's he and Yamoto is. Uncle Doi and his lovely niece. <laughs> you just think. <laughs> I mean, like they just loved them so much, and like um, there, there was one moment that stood out to me. It was very early on. They did one of their speed muscle double teams. Okay, it was like the the face the the face buster where they you know where uh, your Doi puts them up and Yoshino brings them down, and the they go to the crowd to do a pose. And when Doi put his arms out, like, you know, like that pose he does where he puts his arms out, like, aren't I great with a smirk? The woman behind me was just like, Doi Chan! Like, she was, like, she was so happy. It was, in, it almost could not make out what the fuck she was actually saying. She squealed so high. She was so happy to see this man do this pose. She was happier to see this man do this pose than I have been about anything in my entire life. And it was awesome. I, I was, cannot stress enough how awesome the woman in this crowd are. I was literally, like, six seats away and I could hear it just louder than really anything any other chant I'd heard all night it was just it was like I could hear things like a dog could it was crazy uh, you guys have anything to say about how overdoing Yoshino were? Um, well I will say this this doesn't have to do this woman it has to do so I sat next to Mort at the show and anyone who, who likes wrestling should go to a wrestling show yeah, with Mort mate. It's so much fun. <laughs> we were like, we were sitting together, like losing our minds about this match. We loved it so much because I think you went in saying you didn't really care who won. Yeah, like you were just happy to see the match. But at the end, because of the crowd, yeah. was like I, I just so wanted to see into, Yoshino win. Doi yeah, yeah. and Yoshino that you were like, I want them to win too. I want them to win, and we were like, because like the women right, the women right behind us. They wanted them to win so badly. I wanted them to win. Yeah. I was freaking out and I was just <laughs> jumping up and down. Seriously, when Morph says he was freaking out, he really was. <laughs> At one point, he turned to me and actually just screamed in my face. Unintelligible sounds. <laughs> but it was a wonderful experience and I'm glad to have had it. Sorry again about Ethan's cough, everybody. Yeah, uh, no, don't mind yeah. me, just dying. Just, just dying, dying, just dying. Special. The crazy thing is that I haven't watched a Dragon Gate show since October, so I'm not into the stories or anything. This match was so good and the crowd atmosphere, it was so wild that I, got, I just got so worked up. I can't imagine not good work yeah. uh, Yoshino, if I just like randomly shout Yoshino every like five seconds, that'll basically be what the match sounded like. Yeah, I mean, it really us. was. It just yeah. even after she'd finished, it was just still in your head. Yeah, it wouldn't leave. But did you guys like the actual match? I yeah. thought it was incredible. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, I gave this four. I would go like four and a quarter. I actually need to see it back. Because I might even give it go higher when I see it on record. I'm, I always four and a half. I always go. That's what I did. That's what I did in I'm, my mind. I'm yeah. always yeah. scared about like giving a match too high a rating when I was there live. I'm never. But scared about um, that. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, maybe four and a half. But it was incredible. Like the last like five minutes where they just went back and forth and back and forth, um, and like you know they the I don't I don't know the exact sequence of events, but I just know. It ended with like Doi just kicking Saito in the face with the Bakatari after he had missed it like three times before that, or missed the setup for Doi fives at least, and like the just 
again, just the crescendo it reached, being in that crowd of just everybody going like, uh, like I, I've the only pop I've ever heard louder than Doy, um, than Doy pinning him there is probably like. Austin Aries winning the Ring of Honor World title from yeah. Samoa Joe. That might be the only pop I've ever been attended. And Naito winning the title from Okada last year. May, may have been louder too. But that's like it, basically. Of all the shows I've been to, and I've been to a lot of wrestling shows, but the crowd was so fucking happy to see Doi and Oshino win this tag match with nothing on the line but a point in the Unit Survival yeah, League. Yeah. Again, I'm giving you like the end of Samoa Joe's fucking title in two years, and... Naito winning his first heavyweight title. This was comparable. The semi main on this random Dragon Gate Corican. Like it was, the crowd was just incredible, and it and the match built so well that like it. I totally get why they were that loud for the end. Beyond how much they love, they just love Doyoshi. I mean, I've got to, got to disagree again. I didn't go as high on it as you guys. I don't know if that's again because I'm maybe not as familiar, so I'm not. Not getting a lot of the nuance of it, mm. but I mean, again, I thought it was a really good match. I mean, on star ratings like three and a half, mm. maybe higher, but, but yeah, it was an amazing match. It mm. really was. It's just, it was a match that I think the crowd bought up even further. Yeah, I definitely agree. The crowd brought the crowd the crowd brought that match up too. But there were, there was another cool moment I want to bring up where Susumu... So Susumu, this might be a nuanced thing you wouldn't get unless you're a Dragon Gate fan. But at one point... Um, like, so Susumu always go, ends up catching someone on the top rope, right? They do the spot where a guy comes climbs to the top. Susumu kind of like climbs up to the top inside the ring. And for some reason, basically, the guy can't get out of it. So Susumu catches him up there and hits the exploder. So shocked that he's... Yeah. <laughs> it's usually like they're shocked that he runs up the rope so fast that they can't even... They're like, yeah. what? But so Yoshino goes up there, and Susumu goes up to catch him, and Yoshino immediately goes down, and then they hit him with like a, a double-team powerbomb, like sling blade, whatever Yoshino calls it. I don't, I don't remember what Yoshino's name for it is. But a, a double-team off the top. And, like, that was awesome. It's like, they made Susumu think he was going to catch him up there, but it was actually a trap. Like, that was great. Um, so that's the spot that stands out for me. And, like, the end, the unending stretch, like I said, I don't remember the exact sequence of moves, but it, the counter, the counter, the counter. I mean, they were doing, Susumu was throwing his Jumbo Nokachi, of course. Um, Yoshino had Saito in a... The in the, the Sol Naciente for a while, and which the crowd bought as a finish before Susumu broke it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've just, it's the last like five minutes of this match probably are just incredible, nonstop action, absolutely fantastic, and, and the crowd just brought it up another level. Yeah, I mean, I think also that spot that John just mentioned with the sling, bla- the elevated sling blade, that was just hit so crisply, yeah. and it was, you know, it was better than Hiroshi Tanahashi's hit it in a year. <laughs> it's better than. Seth Rollins or Finn Balor have managed to hit it ever, ever <laughs> in you know, in their life. It was just again, it was something else. Seeing how good something you're so used to can be, mm. you know, you're so used to it being done almost as a transition move. Yeah, and here it looked like it could be a finish. Yeah, it really looked like it, like he, it mattered. I know Yoshino has a name for it, which the. Someone on the on the board is gonna like rip me a new one for not remembering, but I'm tired, everybody. I've been <laughs> it's been a long day of oh, sitting in the heat. Of, like wrestling <laughs> games. Um, do you guys have anything to add about the match itself? No. 
I, I don't know. It, I don't know anything, but it was pretty fun. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> though, though that said, I think I do think that the Yoshino fangirls behind us stood out more than the match itself <laughs> because of how into it they were. Yeah, they were so happy. I mean, they loved Yoshino. They loved Doi. Just like. I don't know. I hope someone is fucking listening and can like actually push them a little harder. But I'd like to see them. I mean, maybe not a Twin Gate right now, but either Doi or Yoshino be a great new Dream Gate champion. But... I say push the fangirl as well. Push the fangirl. Have her ringside. You know, she'd be as good. You know, a better manager than Mondo Rio has ever been. Yes, exactly. Um, um, the Vogue will kill me for that because you know he's he he loves him some Mondo Rio. Yeah, Quinlan, you got anything to add on this match? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we haven't said that on many times. Yeah. Um, the main event. Uh, this was a, a elimination match. Um, okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about. I was a little disappointed that they ended up being no over the top rope submissions, but um, you know, it just kind of ended up being um, just basically pinner submission. No like. No Yoshida rules or anything else. Everybody just kind of in the ring at once. I was hoping for like a real classic Dragon Gate elimination match where the, you know they two guys start and more guys come out and there's over the top rope rules, but um, that that didn't end up happening. Um, but yeah, I was really hoping for like something like that where it was like you know a more classic Dragon Gate style elimination match, but we didn't get that unfortunately. Uh, it still was a, a really good match. Yeah. I thought I still would go like four. Three and three quarters or four stars, but that's on my own personal disappointment. I wanted to hear the girls scream when they threw when they're about to throw them over the top rope, but that didn't happen, unfortunately. Um, as far as the match itself, uh, you know, it went 30-24. We don't. Jay doesn't have the actual eliminations up yet, but Berserk lost four straight falls. Tribe Vanguard did not lose a single member. I mean, did anybody see that coming? Well, actually, funny enough, when the match started, Mort and I were talking, and he's like, oh, this match, it'll go like 40 minutes, right? And I was like, well, yeah, I don't know 40 minutes, but it'll probably go pretty long, because they have to get in at least seven eliminations. And Mort said, well, technically, they only have to do, it's four. (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah, technically it's only four, but, you know. And then it happened, and oh, then you turned to me, so. and you turned to me, and you said, I knew it. Yeah. You were like, I, you're like, I knew anything. it was going to be four. I didn't know anything. <laughs> so, yeah, it was shocking. I thought, um, thinking of it, that, like, this was a match they should have had, like, a year ago, right after Tribe Vanguard formed. Yeah. To, like, do a match where it's like, we... Just wiped you out. Yeah, we, we won four. We won four zero. Yeah, and get out like we're a good team. I mean, Tribe Vanguard strong. Tribe Vanguard could have used anything, honestly, in the first yeah. fucking six months to not look completely useless. But I thought they looked really strong in yeah. sweeping them out. Yeah. Even with near the end, with Shingo left, having all the interference, yeah. that would have been an easy way for Shingo to pick up one or two pins. But they didn't do it, and have it come down to like. Shingo and Yamato, but they didn't do it, and I really thought they were going to as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought when, like, when the poor ref got KO'd temporarily. Yeah, that like, like for the all, fifth time. Yeah, like <laughs> that, like all the other interfering members of Berserk would like cause at least one or two pins. Yeah, somehow. that's what I that that was that's a pretty safe assumption, but it didn't happen. You were going to say something to it? Yeah, I, I didn't. 
see that coming at all. I really thought that there were going to be a lot of shenanigans and Shingo was going to knock a couple of guys out or, and it was you know going to be made to be more of a fight. But it was wonderful to see Tribe Vanguard getting pushed so hard and getting to look like a bigger threat than they've ever looked. They, you know, Maria particularly, just... I know I'm Maria Stan, I'm, you know... <laughs> if Mort was losing his mind over Yoshino, I was right up there when Maria came out. Yeah, she but was awesome. Yes. She had very she... good hair tonight. <laughs> I noticed. I was like, wow, her hair looks real good. She was the first person I saw when we walked in, when yeah. we got off the elevator. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm here. <laughs> oh, the hair. The hair. <laughs> <laughs> but she really put in such a good performance today and was really showed herself to be really deserving of that spot. And she stood toe-to-toe and actually kept up with Shingo with Yamato and it just she looked like the best person in that match for me well she like slapped Shingo on point that was yeah. all like I, she, I think was it Shingo I don't know she, she slapped it was oh, it, one, got a new, uh, it got a new uh, out of the crowd like she button. slapped someone really hard it was Shingo like you said and like it just that was awesome when she was when she, whenever she fires up and is like you know what motherfucker I'm still a pro wrestler I'm gonna fucking hit you that was awesome there was another moment as well where Lindemann was just hitting her and hitting yeah. her and hitting her and she just stood up and punched him in the fucking <laughs> mouth just, like no kisses for you, motherfucker. Yeah, it was uh, just oh, oh, we didn't with a fist. We didn't talk about the post match angles. We should do that real quick because there's two. There were two big ones before this. Um, so there's match two where Don Fuji came out and uh, was Don Fuji in the ring after his match still, and like the four young boys came out and the general gist of it seems to be that they wanted Fuji to train them, and it looks like Fuji <laughs> agreed to reform Fuji Heya with the four of them, and I don't know if that's going to be a formal unit or not, but. They, they apparently so. they mentioned the unit survival series, so maybe it is a real unit. I mean, I, I definitely heard Fuji at some point say something about overgeneration, and you know, being like we, you know, uh, this this could be similar to overgeneration. I think he said. So that's I think that's kind of the idea. And he also the other big news was he he told uh, Yoshioka and um, God Tatsumi Takamura, whatever the fuck his name is, that he was gonna give them. Um, oh, Katsumi like, Takashima. So. He's going to give them like pro wrestler, pro wrestler names. type names. Yeah, yeah I think it, the actual phrase was pro wrestler names. Yeah, Katsumi. basically. Which you one, do wonder if he's going to just put Fuji into their name somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see, basically. Probably. But I mean, Don Fuji is. He used to change his name every year, folks. Like, that was his gimmick when he first started out in Toriumon. Sumo Dandy Fuji. Sumo Dandy Fuji. First, no, first he was Big Fuji. Then I believe he was Sumo Dandy Fuji. Then he was Sumo Dandy Fuji 2000. Oh, yeah. Then he was Don Fuji. So, and then Don Fuji somehow just became the one that stuck. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, if anyone knows about names, I guess, I guess it would be him. And what did he say, like, next month? He's next month, yeah, next month. He's going to, like, announce well, the Whenever they are? say Ride Getsu and Korokan, they just mean the next Korokan. So, oh, okay. Yeah, because Dragon Gate's a very old-school promotion in that, in that respect, where they... They very much book month to month in whatever venue they're in. They make sure that, you know, okay, we're at Corican, We have shit for the next Corican. We're in Kyoto. We have stuff for the next Kyoto. We're in uh, Kobe Sambo. We have stuff for the next Kobe Sambo. So the fans always have a reason to go buy tickets to the next show, um, which works for them because, as you can see, the crowd was fucking with a super no-vacancy full house. So a big-ass crowd there. Um, but, yeah, so that was the first big angle, Fujiheya and the name change. The other big angle uh, that talking about Maria made me think of it. After the 
Maria just comes out after Kagatora's match and gives him like the longest, deepest kiss you've ever seen. Oh, she just in your kissed, life. She just kissed him until he was dead. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it was awesome. And like she kissed him all the way down to the mat, and poor Genki had no idea what to do. Yeah, he and just stood off to the Genki side. Genki was standing there looking very confused. <laughs> yeah, and then she picks up the belt and kisses it and puts it back on Kagatora. So I think the the implication is pretty clear that she wants a Brave Gate shot. I assume that's probably the Brave Gate match at a uh, at Dangerous Gate next month and that would indicate that Tribe Vanguard probably won't be in the um the spam match because you have Maria challenging for the Brave Gate and Yamato who would have to be defending the Dream Gate, you'd have two members left. And you know, maybe three if you're flying Flamita, but that's still yeah, I would I would expect now that Tribe Vanguard's not gonna be in the unit to spam match. So I think it's safe to probably predict that. Um yeah, those are the two big angles. Back to the match at, oh before the end anyway. Back to the match itself, the elimination match. Uh, complete sleep for Tribe Vanguard. It was you would think leaving like you know four on one advantage baby faces might not be a great idea, but I mean I I think the crowd just you, you've built up Berserk all this time. They never fucking lose these big unit matches or you know any kind of eight man or they how many Quirk and main events have we you know had seen where Milo had to come on here and like scream about how much he hates Berserk, but um. I mean, you know, they win so often. I think just having this match was almost lethargic for the fans where you finally get to see Berserk just get fucking destroyed in one of these 4-on-4 four four matches. I know it was lethargic for me. So I, it seemed like it was the same way for the fans. Like, they got a little behind Shingo at some... But then they immediately had the crowd start... They, they immediately had Berserk start cheating once it was 4-on-1 and, and, like, you know, the ref was bumped and they brought in all the interference and the the red boxes, you know, the, that garbage pail thing they have. And speaking, the... speaking of that... Um, well, 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 I guess we'll actually talk about the red can and stuff later yeah, on the ahead. match. No, no, talk about it. Oh, okay. Well, BB Hulk was the MVP of the match for me because every time they tried to bring out the red boxes and red cans, he somehow always ended up countering it, taking it, taking the, the can or box, and then using it on them to finish them. It was pretty funny. I mean, he did it with the first flash. I, th- I think it was first the can. Yeah, who, who was the first flash panel on? Um, Anyone remember? It was, it was, what pump. was the face paint? Oh, no, it was Linden Man? Uh, well, no, the, the one who he hit with the can was Linden Man. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. face paint guy. Yeah. I don't know what the name is. Yeah, Linden Man. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it looked like a sting I, when he was still shit. he wasn't the first one. I, I don't think he was the first one on Berserk to go out, No, though. it was Cybercon. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. Duh. You're right. I'm sorry, everybody. Because T-Hawk got, got pinned with uh, something. What did he get pinned with? Do anyone remember? Yamato pinned him, but... Yeah. Oh, was it Frankenstein the Almighty? Yeah. Okay, so Frankenstein the Almighty by Yamato. Then, um... Then, the um, face paint guy. Yeah, Linda Man. Um, yeah. He, like, tried to use the can on BB Hulk, and BB Hulk, like, stopped it by grabbing the can himself, yeah. and somehow he ended up having the can himself, and he put it on his put head. It on, put it on his head, and then, like, kicked him. Yeah, gave and him the, then, fir- the first that, flash. That led into the pin. Yeah, gave him the first flash and pinned him with the, with the can on his head. That was awesome. And then later and then on, later he, on, he used like later on, like someone, like I think one of the, one of the already eliminated yeah. members tried to tried to like use hit, the box, yeah, the red box, and he somehow stole the box from them and hit whoever. Yeah. I think it was Cyber Kong. Yeah, Takashi. Takashi yeah, I, I think it was like yeah, he hit him on the head with the box, and that yeah. caused him to get pinned too. Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. What who who pinned who, who actually pinned? It was Casey, right? He pinned Cyber Kong with the Sky Schoolboy. Or was that Shingo? That was Shingo. Yeah, he pinned Shingo with the Sky Schoolboy. So who the fuck pinned Yoshida? <laughs> we no one can uh, remember who pinned Yoshida. Was it? Maria didn't pin anyone. 
Marina and Panay, right. buddy. No. So it could have been your. I don't think it was your motto either. I think it was. I think it could have been KZ too, or it could yeah. have been Hulk. I don't know. I think it was KZ. I think it was KZ. So KZ pinned two people to skate schoolboy. I believe so. Yeah. Okay, because I, I definitely remember him pinning Shingo with it at the end. So I think you're right. I think it, Hulk hit. Right, Hulk hit Yoshida with the with the with the red box, and then um, you know KZ pinned him with the skate schoolboy. We didn't take notes, everybody. We're at the fucking show, so if we got any of that wrong. Don't don't fucking flame me on the voice wrestling board. I got I forgot that uh, CK1 were a tag team briefly in um, in Typhoon when we were talking about the last episode, and somebody was like really roasting me about it on the voice of wrestling board. And it's like I'm sorry I can't remember literally everything from my brain immediately while I'm recording at all times. I'll I'll definitely work on that. And like the two examples he gave was like oh why c- couldn't you remember them? They teamed up in the first tag league and they unsuccessfully challenged. Ara Iwa for the Twin Gate. Like wow, legendary run that uh, that CK one Typhoon Rain uh, failed tag title challenge and a participants in a tag league. But I'm sorry, buddy, whoever you are. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they've been making up for it ever since. Yeah, basically, yeah. like they they had a they had where else did they have a challenge when they're in a when they're in We Are Team Veteran, right? That's the yeah. other time they challenged. So they. They had they made they built up to it pretty well like like a big deal like oh we're gonna be CK one and then we need a team name because they didn't have a team name I guess in Typhoon but it made you think they were gonna win the belts and they just lost so but now they they had they have the longest title reign of all time now so I, like you said I guess they made up for it um, but yeah so we're almost getting oh, can we talk about what is going on with Lindemann's face paint oh, like he God. came out tonight looking like Wolfpack Sting <laughs> yeah and Sting I was went like, still shit is there is there an explanation of what why he started doing this because he's okay so our theory that is I basically missed. that he he is too much of a cutie pie as, my, as Mike would say he looks too adorable and he basically um like can't they? They don't want him to be. I mean, after the face paint washed off, you could see right. It. Like halfway through he, the match, I think well, it was all. It was completely five gone. Minute, five like, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even tag in, and it was gone. Yeah, he has I had mean, a history it was, of this. It was though, hot in there. It's he, hot in Japan, everybody. There was a phase last year where he was coming out with a chain, and it was almost like he was coming out. Like trying to come out like Bruiser Brody, but being the tiniest <laughs> no, Bruiser no, Brody. No, it wasn't a chain. It was a, it was a, it was a rope. Oh, the bull it was rope, a, wasn't yeah, it? it was a yeah, big rope. it was a bull yeah. rope for no apparent reason, just to show that he was a big man. Yeah, and you know, fine, he's a man, but he's not the big masculine guy you'd expect to come out with a bull rope. He's not Stan Hansen. Yeah, he, it just didn't really work. So, I think they have had a history of trying new things with him and it just not really hitting yeah um but yeah that's uh that's that match one yeah linda man um his face paint like i said i think it's because he looks too cute basically as, as he looked adorable after he lost the face paint for the rest of the match but um as, as far as he goes I think that's basically the reason. The thing I want to mention, there's a, like a new, I don't know how new it is, but it's the first time I've noticed it, like a new-ish banner. Did you guys see this? Which one? The, 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 Linda, L- Man the Linda Man banner yes. that's like, try to stop me. It's like, faces all covered in snakes. So scary. I'm, I'm like, Linda Man is not, even with the fucking face paint, this is an adorable, this is an adorable child. Like, why are you giving him a fucking, I'm going to like put the picture probably as like, as the the picture for this podcast, so you can all see it. Like, there's a new a newest T Hawk one, and there's a new Linda Man one. So it's like, oh, one, yeah. 
Oh, Linderman, try to stop me. Our snake face man. Like, this is an adorable child. That's what <laughs> Linderman is. He's not the scary snake man, no matter what you try to he's put in this banner. He's a precious little boy. <laughs> he's he a just, precious little boy. You want to pat his head and give him fudge. Exactly. You know, you... Exactly. Um, but yeah, so so one of our. While I, while I had a pause for a second, one of our. Uh, not co-host, I guess I should say, like reminded us that they fought right in front of us. So we were our seats, which we, ne- we never really talked about, um, were like the bottom row of the of the art, the second section of the oranges. So not the very first one, unfortunately, but like the next one up. They they were amazing seats. I mean, you could mm. see the ring was right there. Yeah, but this this I think is just where Jay reserved. That's like the row that Jay has reserved, basically with the iHeart DG, with with DG people. For anyone who emails him through iHeartDG to get foreigner tickets, because that's the exact same row I was in last year. So, and I think there were, were there some other foreigners in our row? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, well, like, there were, so, like, two next to me. Yeah, so there's, it's like the foreigner row, basically. But, I mean, he picked a great row, I think. He it really was a did. Good seats. Um, but, yeah, so they, they brought, they, they walked up the rampway. It was uh, Yamato. It's, it's the, like, if you watch a lot of Korokins, it's the row where yeah. if you're going to brawl into the crowd, you brawl. I mean, stardom goes up there, like, yeah, no, every no, show. No, 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 they were brawling, right? I think they were brawling, yeah. At that exact spot, Yeah, too. so it's Yamato and T-Hawk, right, that came right yeah, in front of us? Yeah, T-Hawk, yeah. So they, they came right across right in front of us. I, I think we probably ended up on TV. I'm sure I looked very sweaty and gross. It was very hot in Japan, everybody. It was very... It was it was hot in there. I can't imagine how it is wrestling in the ring with the lights on. Yeah. Particularly, like, like Sean Skywalker, when he came out in the full <laughs> pleather suit. It's just... I thought, fair play to a kid, you know. I mean, he must be sweltering in there. <laughs> I mean, like, I... I um, it, It's still cooler and it's outside, scarily enough. Like, they have AC on, but just... I don't know. I guess so many people... And how fucking hot it is that they just couldn't get it any cooler than that. But yeah, I mean, it was cooler for Noah, but it's probably because there's 800 people there. Yeah, half the <laughs> there was space. Yeah. yeah, there was space for the air, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the that was the main event. Um, you know, I thought it was awesome. Um, I would go a little a little lower than, than the other two matches, but still an incredible match. I, and I personally an go higher. I think it was the match of the night. Oh wow! I go. Probably close to four and a quarter. Oh wow! I'd go that high. It just felt like Tribe Vanguard were jowling together like they really hadn't before. It, they looked like a threat, and they looked like a proper unit rather than just something thrown together because they had four people they didn't really know what to do with. <laughs> exactly. <You know? laughs> I think we've got to mention as well when T Hawk dragged Yamoto in front of us and they started chopping each other there were the camera people coming behind them with one carrying the camera and one carrying this massive cable like a, <laughs> like a python yeah and just running back and forth with it <laughs> it was just a joy yeah it was just an added joy <laughs> so I wanted to keep this to under an hour and we're just gonna miss that probably because it's about to be an hour now but to wrap it up um Really, really good show. Um, I, I mean, it's my new favorite Kirk of the year, I think. And I, I could just be live bias talking. I mean, it hasn't been that great of a year, but um, this could be the start of the turnaround, maybe, because I, I really thought the unit survival series was a great idea. And the main event post stuff. Oh, we got to talk about that, too. Yeah. Uh, but um, all, all seems I had good, no idea good what to was me. Going on. So I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the unit, the, unit, the, the, the show itself. Really good show. Could be the start of a turnaround. The crowd was super into everything, especially involving the Unit Survival Series. 
think it was a great idea. It was playing out really well already. Um, the... And then everyone's played it as if it matters. They've exactly. got an intensity to what they're doing, which feels like they actually care about it. It's you know they're putting more emotion into it than I've seen in the past. I think. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, and you know, they, they just, they just, when you build up to a you know the the unit versus fan match in Dragon Gate, it's always the most overmatched by a mile. Definitely. So when you have this kind of build up to it. It's added a lot to the crowds, I think, for the for the matches themselves. We'll see how it look uh, translates outside of Corican. They had this really cool like scoreboard setup. Did you guys see it? Yeah, I saw. Like it, a yeah. scoreboard of like what's going on in the unit survival series. So that was really cool. They had it up in the lobby. And yeah, I think I Jay. I think Jay posted a picture of it on yeah. his Twitter. I think. Yeah, I, I had a picture of it on my Twitter too. So if you are interested, but um, it was it was a really good show. I would go as far as to say it was the best Corican of the year. Way better than the one I went to last year. The one I went to last year felt like a really nothing show, and it was like right before Dead or Alive, which sometimes can be kind of a nothing show. What do you think about it, Ethan? As your first wrestling show ever, uh, it was good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything. I had to turn to you constantly to ask, like, what the hell's going on? What what was that? What's so special about this, etc. But it was good. You know, it was fun. Yeah, you had a good time. Yeah, so that's good. Um, uh, the last match in particular was really good. I yeah. thought. And, uh, Don Fuji was really funny to watch. <laughs> so I was go. My match of the night was definitely a match five. I thought that was incredible. I don't know. Do you guys agree? Yes. Yeah. It's the best yeah. match I've seen on this trip. Oh, wow. And I'm not even that into Dragon Gate. Yeah. But that match was just phenomenal. Um, so the post match stuff, which Taylor just mentioned after the after the main event, we had two big matches signed. Uh, first of all, the three we had three a three way uh, match for the next Corican. Three-way six fans are always incredible in Dragon Gates. I have high hopes for that. It's going to be um, from overgeneration. Eta, Eta, Dragon Kid, Kid and Shima. Shima. Yep. Yeah. So Eta, Eta, and the Twin Gate champions. From maximum, it's going to be um, Doi, Yoshino, and Katoka. Because I, I, mean, I think Jay had it as uh, young maximum, but I, they definitely said Doi, Yoshi, Katoka. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did, and he corrected. I think he corrected himself because. Okay. Uh, Shimizu is going to be yeah. another yeah, match. Shimizu, be... which takes him out of yeah. the equation. So, and then from Berserk, it sounds like it's going to be Linda Man, T Hawk, and Yoshida. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting to me that Shingo wouldn't be in it, but that'll be that'll be cool to see see how Berserk does without Shingo for the first time in a while in one of these matches. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the three way six fan. And it's going to be basically the idea is it's elimination rules. If you the idea isn't to win. The idea is to not lose. Yeah. So once someone gets pinned and they're eliminated, or once someone gets pinned, the team that pinned them gets to leave, basically, and they're no longer you know, in the match, and the remaining two teams keep fighting, and whoever actually loses between those two teams, they take two losses in the unit survival series rather than one. I think the other team doesn't get any loss, right? No. Okay, no, so only just, one one team's going to yeah. get two losses. The other team's get to escape their lives, basically, is how it's going to work. But that's a cool situation. After that, we had um, we had Mochizuki coming out to challenge um, to challenge Yamato for the Dream Gate, which I, like, I lost my ship for yeah, that. And Ethan, Ethan could probably tell you, like, I was really... Ooh. I was going pretty crazy. I mean, Mochizuki Dream Gate matches, we just did one as the retro rewatch. We did the one where he challenged Yoshino at Hurricane in 2014. And I didn't even remember that match, and that match was fucking incredible. So his his Dreamgate matches are always fucking great. So, but that might not be the match though, because Mochizuki basically he pinned Yamato and Kyoto, um, 
Digar Shimizu came out and was like, well, I pinned him in like three minutes at Kurikin yeah. the other month. So y- Yagi came and gave us a predictable match. It's going to be Mochizuki versus Big R Shimizu uh, next month at Kurikin. Winner goes on to Dangerous Gate to challenge Yamato. Um, I'd be I'd be happy if you were one. I mean, Big R Shimizu, he's been on a fucking hell of a roll. He really has. I mean, in the, I, past, in the past few months. I think it's a bold move as well to sort of float him into the main event because... It's not somewhere he's really been before, but yeah. he has. You know, he's proved that he can hold it in singles matches. Yeah, I think, yeah, against Yamamura. Yeah, I, I think yeah. of the ones they've got, he is a good bet. Yeah, I think he's so a good too. good bet for the future. But um, I do wonder if he, if they are going to push him, or if it's just sort of floating the idea to see how he gets over with the crowd as a singles wrestler. Yeah, I would, I would expect him to lose to Mochizuki if I had to predict it. I think the idea is to give him the rub of a big Kurikin no more contender match and let him be the guy that Mochizuki chops down before he goes on to challenge Yamato. Although but it, but way, I wouldn't surprise him. Yeah, I mean, in a way. I think that Mochizuki doesn't need the victory. He, you know, it would be great for him to win it. Sure it would. It would be wonderful. But it's something he deserves. But I don't know if it's something that he needs right now. For Shimizu, it could be a huge victory and a huge step up to the main event um, and a huge commendation for him from Mochizuki and the company if he was to be given this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone expects him to win the Dreamgate, but, you know, it could... If he can win this match, why not? It would give people that, that idea that he might... Exactly. Um, but yeah, either way, though, I, I would be happy with Mochizuki just because he's 47. How many more chances is he really going to have, you know? So I'd be happy with him. With, you know, whoever wins, it'll probably be a great man event at a dangerous gate. Definitely. All right, so we're going to wrap this up uh, before anything else happens, which is not something anyone else listening to us will get. But um, thank you for listening to this special live from Tokyo edition of Open the Voice Gate. Again, Milo and Michael will be back with their own version of wrapping up this Kurikin. They're probably going to do Open the Fashion Gate too, finally, it sounds like. So, uh, that's your thing. You'll be into that. Um, but yeah, that fun. should be that should be this, this by this weekend, too. So we're just going to be all up in the Voice of Wrestling podcast feed. As for me, I will be back with my other podcast, Wrestling Omakase, in the next couple weeks, I definitely want to do one after the G1 this weekend and another one after Peter Pan. It's basically my plan right now. So we'll also talk more about the general trip, I think, on those podcasts. I want to keep this one to Dragon Gate, but we've seen a lot of other promotions too, so we'll get into all that. But in the meantime, follow us on Twitter, at OpenVoiceGate, and we'll see you next time. Do you guys want to say bye, actually? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Goodbye. See you next time. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.